0: Gentlemen, as we get started this morning, today is the last Sunday of our Summer at Three Oaks series that went for two months, and I told you at the beginning of the summer when we step into the summer months, you know, it's kind of an inward-focused teaching. It's more discipleship-oriented. Next week, we start a brand new series where we're going to be talking about bold faith. And it's going to be powerful. I'm looking so forward to that. But today I want to wrap up this teaching. And I want to talk to you about something that gets skipped over in our lives, something that's so powerful and that every believer needs, no matter what level you're walking at, no matter what place you are in this journey. We need to have an understanding of how important our belief and our expectation is. Because I want you to walk in authority. I want you to walk in power. I want you to walk full of the Spirit of God. I want you to walk strong. And I want to teach you today the impact of walking inside this. So let me do this really quickly. I want to bring up two definitions before we even get into our Scripture this morning. And it's belief and expect. So belief is to have a firm, wholehearted conviction of persuasion I have been persuaded right to expect or hope with confidence to trust then we look at the word expect to look forward to to regard as likely to happen to anticipate the occurrence or the coming of something see I want you to understand the power of belief and expectation I want you to understand that faith is a confident expectation of a coming good. So this morning, what I want you to get in your heart is no matter what this season looks like, no matter what battles are raging in your life, I want you to have a confident expectation that God has a purpose in every single thing. As the song that they were singing, there's going to be a victory. I'm going to tell you, there's a light in there. That says, I'm, he's going to turn around the things that the enemy has for bad, that he means for destruction. He's going to turn it around for good. See, I have a confident expectation, not in my perfection, not in my goodness, but in his goodness. And when we have an understanding of that, I promise you, it changes everything. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like you just to stand to your feet very quickly and we're going to open up our Bibles into, uh, since Grant Ross loves the Old Testament, we're going to stay with the Old Testament for a little bit today. And I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, and I want to look in chapter 4. I love this passage. I've, I've taught this passage many times and there's a powerful picture that I want you to grab this morning. Exodus chapter 4, we'll just read the first five verses. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Can somebody say, I can comprehend what he was doing. Then the Lord said to him, I love this, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. I'd had to pray through. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord is so they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Wow, let's pray. Father, for the next few moments, Lord, I pray that your spirit would continue to just rest in this place. That God, the words that we share, your scripture, that God, it would go out as seed, into fertile ground, ready to receive your word. And we pray, God, that as we sow that, that it would come back as a good harvest in each of our lives. And Father, I pray this as always, that as we hear this word, that, Lord, you would convict our hearts. We know that we all
1: are growing. Better. So, Father,
0: to finalize this prayer, we ask this that God, when we do leave our time together today, that because of your word, we would leave changed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You can be seated. So, as I was reading this scripture, there's a few things that I want you to grab. In the few minutes that I've got and it's this understand that the enemy will always try to pull you down The enemy will always try to pull you down and give you reasons to doubt who you are To doubt the call in your life to doubt that god loves you like you know in your heart that he loves you He will always try to pull you down and make you think that you are less than who god created you to be And let me tell you why Because the enemy understands that if the people of God start living like who they are, start speaking with the authority that's been given to them, then things are gonna change. And I wanna tell you today that God is looking for people who are willing to raise their voices and declaring that he is Lord. And also declaring, I know who I am. I know who I am because when we know who we are we walk differently when we have that confidence I mean seriously have you ever seen somebody that walks with confidence right I mean and I'm not talking about pride but maybe it will be maybe a a healthy pride a pride in who their daddy is you know a pride in who they were created to be and and I like this because you know I grew up in a pastor's family, so let me just ask this: How many of you today grew up in your your preacher's kids? Any preacher's kids in the house? We got one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, we're gonna have an altar call in a moment because there are scars and things that need healing. But let me let me tell you a little bit about growing up as a preacher's kid. In my world, is I lived in the shadow of one of. Uh, let me say, the world's legendary revivalists. And in, in doing that, you would always look up and you'd say, you know what, I will never be able to achieve what he's achieved. And inadvertently, not my parents' fault or anything, but how the enemy works in our lives, is I begin to grow and develop this insecurity in who I was. And in that insecurity, it would make me in certain environments, in certain situations, I would feel like I didn't belong. Have any of you ever felt like you didn't belong? You're in a room with people. You know, it, it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you one quick story. On top of that story is this: is uh, I remember, you know, I, when I stepped into the ministry, I, I tell people all the time. You know, uh, there are people that, from the moment they could talk, said. I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to be a pastor. That's who I'm supposed to be. That was not me. As a matter of fact, I would say, if anything, when I stepped into ministry, I was a reluctant pastor. In other words, God had to drag me into this role. And, uh, and that's another story. But I remember, you know, I, I'm, I've always been a little bit different. My, my mom said I was an incredibly difficult child. I never understood that. And she said, it's because you were so willful. And I went, well, that's a good thing, right? She goes, no. And she said, you know, I couldn't ask you to do anything without you going, why? Why? Clay, take out the trash. Why? It's only full. It's not over full. She goes, it's full. It needs to be taken out. Well, explain to me then what level is full and what level is over full. I need an explanation here. And she, anyway, we'd go through all this and she'd say all these things and well, a lot of that I carried over into my adulthood. So I'll never forget, um, you know, I stepped into a pastoral role and, and, uh, there's one thing that I always felt uncomfortable with was being in a room full of preachers. Can you imagine? I mean, I just want you to, imagine, come on, y'all be real for a minute. Can you imagine that? And um, so I remember I had to go to this big meeting and they were all sitting around this giant table. You know, it it was like a big boardroom table in this monstrous room, and they're all sitting around, and everybody had their suit and ties on and all this stuff, and and, I was already feeling uncomfortable. You know, and I I was just, I remember, I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like going, I'm looking, I'm going, why am I here? Because I didn't want to say a word because I knew that anything I said was going to be stupid, right? It's like, you know, it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to say something. Well, you know, uh, uh, Leviticus 13, four says you shouldn't have said that, you know, or something crazy. And I'm like going, I am not good enough to be here, you know, and I'm settling in and, and I'm sitting there and, and the person that invited me is sitting beside me and and I thank him for this. And you know, back in that day, we didn't have the mobile phones like we have now, you know, so I have my flip phone, and, and I'd put it on the table beside me and, and all that, and so we're sitting there, and it's getting all serious, and all of a sudden, my dad calls me, All right, My dad calls me. Now, I always had this ringtone for my father, right, just, just because I thought it was funny because he didn't understand it. And everybody else thought it was fun. You know, so it was one of those ringtones. So I'll never forget, I'm sitting there in this really serious, place. I'm feeling uncomfortable, like I don't belong, and my dad calls me, and I didn't silence my phone. Anybody ever had that happen? You're like, oh, yeah, I know, it happens every Sunday. I know, so anyway, so it's sitting there and it starts ringing, and here's the ringtone. Dun, 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 da dun. Now, if you know that song, we're going to have an altar call here in just a moment, and you can get saved. And I'll never forget it. It starts ringing, I go, oh, my God. And I'm sitting there looking at the phone, and I said, can I act like it's somebody else's? I'm trying to figure out what to do. And so everybody's looking at me, and at first, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. And then pretty soon, I look across, and there's these old preacher guys, and I go, going. And something happened, I realized, you know what? They won't admit it, but they're just like me, right? But you know, sometimes we get in these situations that we don't feel like we're good enough to walk in the call that God has called us to. And what I want to encourage you today is, you know what, some of the calls we have in our lives, everybody, you look at a call like it's a, a pastor on a platform or, or a, a missionary or an evangelist. No, let me tell you, some of you are called to be the most anointed mom that this world's ever seen. Some of you are called to be a father who goes out and makes a difference in the world and takes care of his family. There are different callings that each of us have. And I want to tell you something. Don't let the world tell you that what God has called you to in the moment, because calls change and grow, trust me. But don't let the world tell you in that moment that who you are is worthless, that your call is so limited and so little and so not important. But I think it's important for us to grab this understanding. Moses felt much the same. And when we look at this, I think it's a powerful reminder that the enemy will always try to pull us down and give us a reason to doubt. But we've got to have a firm, and listen to me, a firm conviction in your belief in who God is and who God says you are. Because if you don't know who you are and you're thrust into situations that you don't have a rooted, grounded faith... You will find yourselves floating all over the place in your spirit. You'll find yourself receiving things that you go, oh, that's not right. And you vary further and further and further. You drift from what the Word of God says. So we have to develop that firm foundation. So here's the question that I framed this whole thing on. How do we move past the fear and the insecurities that the world tries to tie to us? We live in who we're supposed to be, you know. I I can say at 53, am I 53? 53, okay, yeah, 53. Well, I knew it was either 40 or 53, so
1: (laughs) anyway, at 53, she would shoot me, but anyway, she turned 40, and and I was telling her, I said, Let me just tell you, the
0: decade of the 40s are amazing. It was one of the best decades of my life, right? It's like, because here's why. You don't care what anybody thinks anymore. Right? It's like, you know, it's like you spend your 20s trying to prove yourself. You spend your 30s trying to figure out, uh, why do I even care what people think?
1: Then you hit the 40s, and you really don't care. Then you hit the 50s, and you could really give a flip. (laughs) But what I would like to say in all that is, you know, as we get older,
0: we hit these different seasons of life and, and, you know, and there is a confidence that's connected to them. But what I can tell you is the place that there was such a major shift in my life is when I let go of the insecurities that I allowed the world to tie to me and believe in who God says I am. And every day I have to remind myself of who God says I am. Because the world is always trying to take you down, always trying to convince you that you're not worthy, that you're not enough. And here's what I want to take from this passage. This passage, here Moses is, he's been called. Now, I want you to understand that God, you know, we know the burning bush, there's all this. I mean, when you get a call like that, I, mean, I got to be honest, I didn't get a burning bush call. You know what I mean? I, I got the call like, hey dude, you need to do this. Moses got the burning bush. And here he is, he's going to go to the Pharaoh and say, Set my people free. He's going to lead God's people to physical and spiritual freedom. And here he is, he knows that as he goes before that, people are gonna think, You're just Moses. You're a criminal, you're a killer. You're not worth it. You're a runner. You run from things. You don't face things. And here we find Moses confronting his own flesh. Confronting us because all of this is just for him. Because God's saying, I want to prove to you and show you. I'm going to give you what you need so that you can have the confidence, so you can have the belief and expectation that if I'm sending you to something, I'm going to give you what you need to complete that something. I think it's so important so let me let me start with this first key thought that's so important you need to choose to believe that if god called you then he's also prepared a way for you the enemy's opinion does not matter oh see y'all didn't even get that because the, the enemy's opinion it doesn't matter the only thing that matters is to know that God has provided a way for you, right? He's called you. But in our minds, in our hearts, we have to choose to believe that if God called us, he's also prepared a way for us. So here's what we need to pull off of this. God is helping Moses by persuading him. And by the end of today, I hope that you can say, I am persuaded. I'm hoping that you can look at this and go, you know what? Like Moses, God's called me to something, and I'm not going to be afraid of it. Or maybe if I am a bit fearful, I'm not going to allow that fear to keep me from doing what I was created and called to do. So as we look at this, I think it's so fascinating. So, and here's the truth. Moses couldn't be the next level Moses that God needed him to be until he faced and dealt with his fear of circumstances. But God, what am I going to do? They're not going to like me. Okay. Can I tell you this right now? That there's a lot of people that don't like you. Right? I mean, has anybody had that realization? Maybe it's a 50s thing. But you realize somewhere along the way that everybody doesn't like you. As a matter of fact, we're so worried sometimes about what people think of us, and you have to realize, they don't even think about you, right? And you're worried about them. This is where Moses is, he's dealing with real people issues. And I think it's fascinating to look at this and realize that for him to go to the next level, for him to be that anointed man of God that we're about to see through Scripture, even with his faults, even with his issues... The first thing he had to do after hearing from God and getting a call from God was to deal with his own humanity, his own insecurity. It basically tells us, you know, he, he was not a public speaker by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, what we find through Scripture we realize he kind of had a stuttering issue. He, you, know, and can, you know, if people stutter, then what happens? They get in a stressful place and they stutter more. It's kind of like you, like most of us, go into a situation, if it's kind of stressful, maybe you're like this, is you'll be talking and it's really important. All, all of a sudden, the thing that you were supposed to say is gone out of your brain. Anybody ever have that happen? Right? I, I, I got pulled over once, and j- just once. <clears throat> And, and I remember the officer comes up and he goes, I, I need your, uh, your license and your registration. And what's your name, sir? And I went, kid you not. I, did, I, I was like, what is my name? I went to vote one time. You know, and when you go vote, they say, your, is this your address? Is, what's your address? And I went, I couldn't remember my own address. It was a stressful moment. So what we can understand is that everybody has these things that happen in their lives. But what I want to encourage you, when you're walking in the things that God's called you to walk, He gives you the resources. He gives you the stuff that you need to complete it and walk with confidence. To walk with confidence in who He created you to be. So check this out in verse 4. I love this in verse 4 because it just absolutely is hysterical to me. So imagine this, all right, so he's holding his staff, and, and God realized I'm going to have to convince him, right? So he says, what do you have in your hand? I've got a staff, the most plain thing that you could ever have, right? And he's got this staff, and he says, throw it down. He throws it down, and it turns into a snake, right? So what does the Scripture say right before verse 4? It says, God turned it into a snake, and what did Moses do? He ran from it. Now, I just want to have a moment of transparency, If God turns something into a snake beside me, my first impulse is not to go, well, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. No, I don't like snakes. So I'm going to run from it. This is what he did. He ran from it. It's just so funny because it's so real. But then in classic God stuff, God, God says this in verse four, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Now look, I know there's some rednecks that y'all like that, <laughs> right?
1: I, I mean, I'm gonna tell you, Mike loves to go catch snakes. And <laughs> but he says, to reach out
0: your hand and take it by the tail. Now, I'm going to be honest. If God told me to do that, I'd be going how bad do I want to do this? Or we could be like most of us in time, when God calls us to do something that is terrifying. I don't think I heard God, right? <laughs> then we call somebody and say, look, I, I, really, God, I feel like God said this, but I don't think it's God. Because if it was God, it wouldn't be difficult. Right? How many of you ever said that? Can I just tell you this? When God is preparing you for the greatest moments of your life, he's gonna take you through moments that challenge you and stretch you. We live in a time where believers everywhere are being stretched to be who God needs them to be in this season. Some of the greatest evil that we've ever seen in our time is happening right in front of us. And as we do this, the question has to be, God. Not simply, what do you want me to do? But God, if you call me to do something greater than myself, I'm going to be willing, as Moses did. I'm going to reach out and take that thing by the tail. Because God called me to. You see, I love the fact that there is no, there is nothing between when God says, reach out your hand and take it by the tail, and the moment right after that, that, God, that God, the Bible says, and he did so. And he reached out and he took it by the tail. The Bible says it turned back into a staff. You go into the story, you find out why and how God used that. But for the purposes of what we're talking about today, I want you to understand. Some of you have got to confront some of the things in your life that are keeping you from walking in the fullness of who God called you to be. The truth is, God's going to call some of you to examine some relationships that you're involved in. Because you can never be the next level you that God's called you to be if you're allowing compromise into your life. If you're not living the life that God's called you to live, you can never fully walk in the authority that God's called you to walk in. It's not about being perfect. It's not about getting everything right. It's about the motive of the heart. And saying, God, I'm doing everything in my ability to walk in you to my fullest understanding. And you know what? When you call me to difficult things, I'm not going to simply run from it. Or maybe I'll run a little bit. But then when you remind me, I'm going to obey. It reminds me of when God called me in Tawana into pastoral ministry. I didn't, neither one of us wanted to be Pastors. But when he called us in that difficult moment, we said yes. As a matter of fact, I remember, you know, I, I uh, had been a worship leader, and uh, I was a temporary worship leader. As a matter of fact, my sister was my dad's worship leader for many, many years. And uh, I'll never forget, she got married
1: and moved to Texas. And my dad came to me. Now, you got to think, I was playing off the road I wanted a family I didn't want to do all
0: that anymore and so then dad comes up to me and says hey Clay he goes now my dad didn't say will you that was not his thing he says I need you to and he says I need you to lead worship I'm going what me lead worship. day. I got to remember. Now, I, I know some of you might still have an image uh, of those days because I had really long hair and uh, I'm thinking, we were in Millersville, right? It's like going, you're really pushing it, Dad. And I said, yes. He said, I just want you to do it temporarily. Well, 15 years later, I was still doing worship. But in that time, I remember God called us into ministry. And <laughs> this is funny. I know I've gone into storytelling mode. I apologize. But It just proves this point so well. So God calls us in, and I wasn't a preacher. And Dad had moved me and said, I want you to be a a youth pastor. You know, which God already had to do a big work in me. Because I don't know if you've met teenagers. Any? Y'all got teenagers? Okay, because y'all being awful. Are y'all scared of them? They should be, shouldn't they? No, I'm kidding. You know, but God had to do a work in me because I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do that. But I'll never forget when we said yes. i have never worked so hard to prepare for a message. Man, I studied and studied. I had like six pages of notes, man. I was I was ready. You know those kids probably had to be going, oh my God.
1: But I'll never forget, I go into that service. closed the service, expecting to have a revival.
0: And all I saw was Big Bubba leaning back in his chair, blowing a bubble. Other kid in the back, they, didn't, they had no concern over what I said. We wrapped everything up and went out. I remember getting into the car. Tawana climbed into the passenger seat, and as we're driving home, I'll never forget... I said, well, what'd you think? And she looked at me, real serious, she says, Clay, are you sure God called you to this? Because if he didn't, we're going to starve. I'll never forget that. Isn't that an encouragement? And then we laughed. We had a great time. But you know, it's, it's in humble beginnings. Sometimes doing what God's called you to do takes you into a place where you're not used to being with different stressors and different challenges and different opinions because everybody's got an opinion. That's why I want you to understand that other people's opinions don't matter. The world's opinion don't matter. God's opinion matters. And yes, you
1: need counsel. You need good, godly counsel to help you to move through. To define what we're supposed to
0: be. And that's not the world's role. We are to be a light to the world. So we have to come to that place that we realize this. But I love this, because Moses had to stop running and face his circumstance. Face his fear, to face the challenge. And I think this is where we come to this place where sometimes God uses things that frighten us to bring glory to him. Because I look back over my life now, and I realize... That God took me and Tawana, who were the most imperfect people, and said, I want you to preach my message and to shepherd people. You want to talk about something that's terrifying. But yet, as we walked into that calling, as we moved in, we we realized this. That all along the way, God provided this, and then he would provide that, he'd provide this. And then I look back over and I go, my goodness, I can't imagine my life being anything else. Why? Because God prepared the way, just like he's preparing the way for you. But you've got to stay true to it, you've got to keep moving toward it, and you've got to realize sometimes you're running from something that God's placed in front of you. Confront it, deal with it, grab it by the tail and say, God, if you put this in my path, then I'm going to use it because this is what I need to do. This is what you've called me to do. And I'm not going to be afraid anymore because I know that you have provided everything that I need to be who you've called me to be. So when I look at this passage, it's just so powerful. So let me give you another key thought. One more key thought that's important. You may not understand why challenging situations occur, but you need to face your circumstance with belief and expectation in God's faithfulness. I wanna say that part again. You need to face your circumstance with belief and expectation, not in your strength, not in your abilities, not in your wisdom but in God's faithfulness. I love that saying that Tawana reminds me of so often. If God brought you
1: to it, he'll take you through it. And I think it's such an important thing to get into your head to understand. Desert me. He walks with me. And I don't know
0: about you, that begins to change everything. But remember this, you can't change what you're not willing to confront. If you're not willing to confront the compromise in your life, you're never going to walk in the fullness that God called you to walk in. And can I tell you this? As the world gets darker and darker, the pressure on believers will get greater and greater and greater. So you have a choice. You either lean in, to who God says you are, or you step back and settle for less. I don't know about you, I don't want to stand before God, and one day we all will, and I don't want to stand before God and Him look at me and tell me, why didn't you do what I told you to do? Why didn't you run the race that I set before you? Because I don't want to look at Him and go, well, you know God. I'm okay, you know, I'm okay with three miles, but that race was like 12 miles. I don't do 12 miles, Lord. No, I want to stand before God and say, you know what? I ran it with everything inside me, and that's what I want for you. I want you to run the race that the Lord has set before you, and I want you to finish strong. And listen, the power and the anointing that can flow in your life is completely connected to the depth of the conviction of your belief and expectation in who God says he is. Because when we know who God says he is, it also defines who we are. And this thought, simply this thought is that when we know the enemy's trying to make us seem less, we know the enemy's trying to pull us down, we know the enemy wants us to feel defeated. But what we find in life, if we'll believe what God's Word says and we return to what His Word says and realize through through the through the things and the people in the Word of God, the things that we had to learn from, I want you to imagine if Moses had looked at that moment and said, I'm not picking that up. Do you know that history would have looked a lot different. The truth is, is that God would have called somebody else. He needed someone who was willing to do
1: what he was asked to do. I believe there's a coming glory. I believe that God is stirring things
0: up in believers. I believe that there are people that are going to be so hungry for the truth of God's word that they're just looking for someone in some place where they can get the word, where they can get a Bible-based understanding of what's going on in the world because it's so crazy. And the truth is, what about you? What is it that God's asking you to do? that you've ran from, instead of picking up. Today, I would challenge you simply in this, is that you are more than you think you are. There's an anointing that God has for you that's unique to you. And the truth is, we need you. The body of Christ needs you. We need your uniqueness. We need your anointing. We need you to be the person that God called you to be. How long will you run? So today, it really comes down to this place of saying, God, convict me. Convict me that I would face the insecurities that I carry. And I wouldn't let that limit what you've called me to be. That I would lean hard into who he is so that I can walk fully and confidently in who I am. I'm gonna walk into any situation knowing I'm enough. How awesome is that? You go, pastor, that's just, that's not humility. Nope. It's confidence. It's confidence. When I walk into a situation, I know that no matter what God leads me into, he's already prepared the way. All I gotta do is stand true and know I'm a son of God. And if you've received Christ, so are you. A son or a daughter of the Most High God. Now, are you going to walk like it? Right? So walk like you are who God says you are. Talk like you are who God says you are live like you are who God says you are. You're more than enough. You really are. Here's what I like to do with every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here today and you'd say, Pastor, you know, (laughs) truth Truth is that I know that God has called me to some things and I've I've kind of did like Moses and ran from it, but unlike Moses, I've never came back around and picked it up, and today, Lord, we surrender to you. Father, we surrender all of our fears and anxieties, the titles and the tags that the world has placed on us. Lord, right now,
1: I just, I pray that even now, those labels that say, I was once an addict, nobody's
0: gonna believe the things that I say. The labels that say, I was a hypocrite. All the different labels that the world has put on us. May we leave them at your altar, God. And today we walk out of this room with only one label, Child of God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've ran from a call. I know God's asked me to do some things and I've, I've just not done it. I was fearful. You say, Pastor, I need to give that to the Lord today. It's time for me to pick that fear up. If that's you right now, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me today. Pray for me. Just th- thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands up going everywhere. Yeah, thank you. Keep them up just for a moment. Thank you, yes, 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 yes. It's a lot of hands. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You could place your hands back down. And I'm going to ask this. Everyone in the building, can you just stand to your feet as our altar workers and our pastors that are available are making their way to the front? I want you to know you raise your hand. God's already doing a work in you. He's already doing that work. The fact that you raise your hand, you've acknowledged that, I'm telling you, God's doing a work. And I believe even this week, there's going to be some shifts that are going to be happening in your life. And I'm going to challenge you to go hard after God. Go after it. And you watch what God will do. And remember this, you're not alone. Come on, can you just do me this favor real quick? I know you always get, every time we get close to this altar time, everybody gets so somber. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you got this. You can do this. Mm. So I'm praying for you. And you know, when I say that, I sincerely mean that with all of my heart. I'm praying for you. And I'm gonna ask you one more thing, all across this house, one more time to just bow your head and close your eyes. Today you're here and you say, you know, preacher, I I need Jesus. I know there's sin in my life. I know that I need to make a decision and I put it off, I've put it off. But today I need to make it real. Maybe when you were young, maybe when you were a few years ago, whatever it was, once you had a vibrant relationship with God, but you've let it dry out, and you've allowed the enemy into your life, and now there are things in your life that you know don't honor God. Today's the opportunity to repent, because what the Bible tells us, that's sin, and that's what we're here to deal with. So you'd say, Pastor, this is personal business. I'm here, I need Jesus if that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me today, thank you, thank you anybody else, thank you, thank you I don't want to miss a single hand you say, Pastor, that's me today thank you, thank you yes, thank you thank you amen you can place your hands back down, yes, I saw you in the back I almost missed, got you And here's what I want to say. You can all look up at me now. We're about to pray a prayer together as a family. But you raised your hand and said, "I'm I'm taking Jesus today. I'm making that choice. I need you to hear me really, really intently just for a moment. God has given you the family of God to walk this out with you. I can promise you that the enemy who the Bible says is out to still to kill, and destroy, will try to rob you of this seed, try to convince you that it, it was nothing, that was all emotion. I'm telling you right now, you need the church family. We want to walk with you. You say, well, Pastor, I don't belong to this church. This isn't about church membership. This is about the body of Christ. And what I want to tell you this, how do you step into that? Tell somebody. That's it. Tell somebody about the decision that you've made today. And if you're saying, I don't have anybody I'm comfortable with telling, you do now. You can let us know. We'll walk with you. You can stop out at that table out there. You can let them know. You can grab a connection card, fill it out, and drop it in. We want to know so we can walk with you. I'm proud of you. And today as a church family, we're going to say this prayer together. Even for those of you that are online and you're saying this prayer, we're praying with you right now. So can we just bow our heads all across the room? It's a very simple prayer. And you can just say it after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I am forgiven.
1: And I'm a new creation. The old... It's in your name I pray. Amen.
0: And amen. Come on, church. Give the Lord some praise.